this morning. If you haven't already looked at Uversion, I encourage you to look at Uversion. If you don't have the app, download the app. Find someone that knows how to download the app, get the help. But we put our um, scriptures and sometimes there's a little teaser or sometimes points, sometimes just a title, but um, there's always something there for all our Sunday services. And uh, so I encourage you to have a look at them and follow along, take notes in there. You can save them so that you can look back in following weeks about what's been preached about. If you are off travelling around the countryside, you can check in on a Sunday morning, have a look and still at least read the scriptures that we're reading and be at one with where we're going as a church, which I think is pretty cool. So, yeah, there's a couple of others that think that as well, right? Right? Right. It's a little in-house, out-house joke with the uh, conference crew. Parable of the Lost Son in Luke 15. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Just like that. Not long after that, the younger son got together, all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything there, there was a severe famine in that, land, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to, field, to, uh, sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be your, called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, is, uh, because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never, even, uh, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you will kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, 
you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Such a powerful story as we come around a shift in our families this month and we've been looking at it, oh, it's just led to this. And there's a couple of points that I want to draw out of it this morning as we unpack it and as we work through it. But I love the, the fact that, you know, I read through this and I can see my family. You know, like so much of the Bible, when we actually stop and look at it, we can, I can see myself. I hope you can see yourself. I hope you can see your circumstances in parts of it and can see different aspects of life living through it. And so this morning, standard John message, there's three points that as we come through it. And the first one, as, we, as I read through it, in verse 12, the father, as was right at the start of the story, the, father, uh, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not long after that, the young son got together, all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild things. There's no mention in this, which completely baffles me, there's no mention of this, of the father protesting. There's no mention of this, of the father trying to stop his son from A, dividing the estate, or trying to stop his son from B, leaving. It just says, so he divided the estate. And then it says, he left to live a life of wild living. You know, I think the more I've read this over the last week and just continued to go back and read through it, the more I read it, the more I think the outcome of this story, I believe the more I've read it, the more I believe it, the outcome of this story is fully hinged on the fact that his father released his son. The father just let him go. You know, there's times when we can try and stop someone, we can try and persuade someone, we can try and stand in the way of somebody from going. How often does that end well? How often does it end well when you try and stop someone, when you try and coerce someone, try and force someone to do what you want them to do? Does it end well? But here there's the father's just, okay. Here we go. There might have been something going on behind the scenes that, that isn't written in the text, but you know, I was thinking about it and thinking back to thinking about my family. And you know, there's been moments when I've tried to put pressure on my family. There's been moments when I've tried to encourage them. There's tried, been moments when I've tried to coerce them and kind of invite them to things that they maybe didn't want to go to, but I've just been on a journey and you know, they haven't ended well. They haven't ended well. I remember a time when, um, so Gav, my brother-in-law, doesn't go to church, and uh, I remember a time when we had a guest speaker here at men's conference and I thought, here we go, I'll get him along. And so I tried to kind of just guide him into it by saying, come to breakfast. And so I got him along and I, I can't remember whether Nick 
might not have even been around back then, but um, if he was, he probably would have came, and Dad came as well. And so I got them along to this men's breakfast. And then I knew that there was going to be a speaker, and I thought it was going to be an awesome idea to just get them there, and then <laughs> that'll happen, right? Uh, but, but what happens was is that it ended up being that my plan, me thinking that I could kind of guide them into just coming to the breakfast without letting them know that there'd be a speaker, without letting them know that, that there was going to be other things happening at this breakfast, didn't go down too well. And now, if I ask into a breakfast, no, not happening. And so I was just wondering whether if I had have said, I and there'll be a speaker, what might have been different? But I didn't. I tried to do it my way. I tried to just funnel them or him through what I thought was going to be a good plan, but didn't work out. And so what I've then had to do over the years since then is release him. I go, you know what? I'm just going to continue to pray for it. And so I'm always praying for him and my sister. I'm always praying for their family. And then it's just making sure that I use those opportunities then as we're going through life and hanging out with family, which can be extremely chaotic because there's now whatever there is, 10, 9, 11, somewhere there, 11, um, kids under the age of seven running around when we all get together. And so it's a little bit, let's just say, messy. But it's good. And I think now, after no longer pressuring him, no longer trying to coerce him, I would say that the relationship that we've got now would be better than it's ever been before. And as I'm reading this scripture, as I'm looking at this during the week, and as I'm thinking about my own circumstance and my life and going, how do I apply that to me? I'm going, I think this is it. And so now my, my prayers go on to, okay, I'm going to begin to pray. And so I started this week, begin to pray that he'll see and he'll come back or he'll come because he hasn't really been in church before. But it's like there's that, there's that moment in our family, there's that moment in our life, it might be with friends, it might be with circumstances, it might not be with a person, it might be with a job, it might be with a position, a, a role that you're currently doing that you're going, Wait, how do I get moved forward? I want to tell you point one this morning, release. Release opens the way. John 10.4 talks about the shepherd going before the sheep. And why can the shepherd go before the sheep? It's because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And so you get footage and you see it. And I remember going down to the farm with my grandparents growing up and they had a heap of sheep. And so I remember going down there and seeing it happen and helping is that you gather around the sheep and you've got the sheep dogs and you've got the utes and whatever, motorbikes and whatever else and you're guiding the sheep in. But no, that's, that's not the way a shepherd does it. A shepherd stands with his staff and his sheep and he spends time with his sheep and he looks after his sheep and then as he walks away, what happens? The sheep follow it's not, a, it's not a thing of trying to go, come on, you get in here, you get in there. And I remember doing it and I remember getting knocked over in the um, back paddock. We had five acres and 
at our house, and so we had a few sheep back there, and I remember trying to get them into the trailer um, and, uh, and just getting flattened by them, and it might have been because we were trying to tackle them as well, but um, <laughs> poor things were probably a little scared, but, um, and they were going to meet my freezer. Um, but that <laughs> might be why they were scared as well. I don't know if they knew what was going on, but, but there's, those, there's those moments when I wonder if I had have gone out and sat with my sheep in the backyard every afternoon after school for a couple of hours and just slowly got closer, slowly got closer. I wonder whether when that time came, when it was time to put them in the trailer, whether I could have just walked out there, sat down, got up, walked in, stood in the trailer and whether they would have followed me. <clears throat> what are we doing? Are we trying to force the gospel on people? Are we trying to force family relationships, family ties? You are my son, you are my daughter, you're my parent, you're my brother, you're my sister, so you will listen to me and you will do this. Or are we going, no, here we go. Here's the estate. Take it. Go. And believing that they'll come back. So number one, I believe out of this text and it's really encouraged me and helped me as I've been reading it through this week. Let's release people. Let's stop hanging on so tight. So we're called to love people, not control people. There's not anything in the Bible that says we've got to control people. We've got to tell them what to do. We've got to tell them where to go. No, it just says love people. Our core value as a church is to love God, love people, not love God, control people. All right, I mean, how many people would come? How, how many of you, show of hands, would come to this church if our core values were love God, control people? <laughs> it's like, that works, right? Yeah? It's like, no, love God, love people. And so we need to love people, we need to release people. Verse 22. I'll even come back just before verse 22. We've got the sons decided to come back. And I love that the text says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with joy. See, his father was expecting that the son was going to return. So he was keeping watch. He was still going about his business, was still running his property, was still running his household, but he was expecting that his son would one day return. What are you expecting? Verse 22, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger, which symbolised that he was back as part of the family, and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Let's be people that celebrate. Let's be people that get around each other, like we did for Michael this morning. Let's be people that encourage each other. Let's be people that at a party, we are the life of the party. It doesn't mean we need to go to the extremes of drinking like the world does, but we can still have the most fun out of anybody we know without drinking, right? We can still have the most fun out of anybody celebrating each other's company, celebrating the fact that we're actually enjoying each other's company without having to go to worldly substances to get there, right? And so let's celebrate people, but, but uh, you know, obviously in this context, it's 
as the sun returned, there was a celebration. And so I really believe we've got to celebrate when people come into this house, when people get saved in this house. We've got a baptism service coming up next month. We need to celebrate. It's like, come along that day and let's celebrate the fact that people are making a stand and jumping in the pools of baptism, getting immersed in him and coming out, a brand new creation. It's like, that's a celebration, right? And I think we do it pretty well, but... But I think we can take it to the next level. We can take it to the next level in our own lives. I can take it to the next level in my own life. I'm sometimes the first to not celebrate somebody, but to pull them down a little bit. On the inside, I can go, well, what's going on there? It's like, but no, we need to take that step, go the bold and celebrate people. And so point number two this morning, let's rejoice. I've gone with three R's, which is why I've changed it to rejoice, by the way. So we've got release. We've got rejoice. Three R's, something funny in the R's. Yep, all right. Release and rejoice. Right. Oh, that's probably why, isn't it? Oh, don't you love it how that works? Right. Yeah, perfect. Right, so at conference, you might remember last year, I think it was, we came back from conference, and two years ago, we came back from conference, and the kind of catchphrase from the congregate, well, from everybody there, all the delegates, while people were preaching, was so good. And it got a mention up on stage, and there was like levels of so good. There was like, yeah, so good. Then there was like, so good. And then there was like people just going for it. And, uh, and so, so good was kind of the word. And then last year, I don't know, there was one last year, but this year uh, seems to be a church up on the Sunshine Coast that some of their key leaders um, are into this word and they're a little vocal with it. And so by the end of it, it was kind of, there was a lot of people doing it. And so when the preaching was good, everybody was right, 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 yes. And, uh, and so right was the word. And so that's where there's the... Bit of a joke coming in and obviously, you know how you can do that test where you like get somebody or that little thing where you get somebody to say the same letter or yes, three, what is it? What did you say? Word what? Association, yeah, that's probably the one. And uh, like you get someone to say yes three or four times and then you ask them a question that you know is going to be no, but they still answer yes because they're used to now saying yes. But anyway, whatever it is. So anyway, that's probably why I've ended up with three R's. Right, let's keep moving along. Number three is another R word, because we're into R's, is repair. Verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. We need to repair things in our families. We need to keep short accounts. We need to be a people. We need to be a group of people that in our private world, in our public world, in our family life, if we are managing people in our work context, we need to be people that repair relationships, that bring restoration. See, because when we're doing that, when we are going through that process. 
Yes, we, we can release people. The father could have released his son and said, yep, here's the estate, go for it. And then he could have been believing and keeping an eye on things and rejoiced when the son returned. But if all that meant that the other son just got narky and left, then what's he, what's he gained? It's like there's one in and there's one out. And then he comes back, but then we haven't repaired that relationship and so that one's out. And so we just end up with like this revolving door deal happening in our lives. But as, as we move through life, I don't know about you, but I don't agree with everything that people around me say and do. I, I know that there's probably things that I say and there's probably things that I do that you don't agree with. And so we've got to work on repairing constantly. We've got to work on restoring constantly. Phil's smiling over there. Is that because you're disagreeing with what I'm saying? No, no, there we go. But I want to ask you this morning, what is there, what relationship is there in your world that you need to repair? What relationship is there in your life when you're walking, looking through maybe the last couple of years, might be the last couple of months, the last couple of weeks? What relationship is there that you're going, this is speaking to me. I haven't made this right. I haven't gone and resolved this issue. So I was reading this. I think it was in yesterday's. Would have been because it's Proverbs 13. Verse 18, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction is honoured. See, there's moments in relationships, there's moments when I'm talking and dealing with my family, there's moments when I'm talking and dealing with people here in the church context when I need to be disciplined and there's moments when I need to do the disciplining. There's moments in that when I, when I need to heed the correction and there's moments when that, in that when I need to give the correction. So, but if I'm not good at that, what happens? So I believe as I've been reading this, it's like I think this is a key to unlocking our families. I believe this is a key to us unlocking the future of our church. See, as we step forward into one church in two locations, one church in three locations. It's like there's going to be moments when our locations are going to be disagreeing. There's going to be moments when there's the one music team, because we're at one church, two locations, but, but it's going to be, well, where's the give and take? How does this work? We're going to need to be the best we've ever been before at releasing. We're going to need to be the best we've ever been at rejoicing. As long as I was um, praying about it, just developing this word throughout the week, and we were talking at conference about C3 Parkside and what that's going to look like and just believing that it's just going to grow so much quicker than what we have here in Handorf. It's like location-wise and just so much about it. There's so, many, um, so much wisdom that's now been learnt over the many years of this location that is now getting invested and pumped into, um, into Parkside that 
there's just the potential that that's going to go. And it's like, what do we then do? As the location pastor here, I started to go, well, what, how do I then deal with that when Parkside's 300, 400, 500 people? When they're then twice the size that we are here in Handorf? I'm like, that's got to be a moment when I choose to rejoice, not to reject. There's got to be a moment when I go, how good is this? That we have developed something here in the Adelaide Hills. We've sent some team down there to Parkside to wherever it ends up being. And it's not sent and we've kind of just gone, there you go. It's like, no, we've gone together. And so it's like we're rejoicing at the fact that, hang on, Adelaide Hills is 400, Parkside's 500. It's like we are 900. It's like it's not like they're bigger than us or we're bigger than them or whatever. It's like, no, we are this. And there's going to be moments in that when we need to choose. But there's also going to be moments in that when... I've been reading this throughout the week and I've gone, there's going to be moments when I'm going to need a repairing conversation. There's going to be moments when I'm going to need to have sit down probably with Pastor Bruce and Julie and have my heart repaired because there'll be moments when I, when I won't take news too well. And I think understanding that that's okay. I think understanding that is what we do with that in that moment is what counts. See, the son... Listen to the Father. The son didn't just run off, he, he listened to the Father. And so we've got to be good at repairing those relationships. We've got to step in to a zone in our own families, in our own personal families, maybe as a son, as a daughter, maybe as a father, as a mother, where we step in and we don't disregard the discipline, but we embrace it. Because I believe that as we do these, and there's so many more, so much more in this story, there's so much more in this parable that we could pull out. You could, like I started looking at it, I'm like, you could do a month series on this parable. But it's like, to start, basics. I was reading through it, I'm going, what can I apply to my life? It's like, let's be releases. Let's release people believing that then they'll come back, believing that it's the best thing for them, believing that whatever it is in the circumstance, we're not just releasing for the sake of releasing, but we're releasing people. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice with people. Let's be the most fun crowd in town. We're pretty good at it, right? I think we are pretty good at it. But we can get better. We can get better at celebrating people. We can get better at rejoicing with people. So I'm not saying we're going to start giving birthday shout-outs from the pulpit all the time, but I have heard there's a few birthdays around today and say, happy birthday. I'm not going to mention names because then if I miss someone, then one of them's playing the bass. (laughs) And then we've got to... We've got to get better at repairing It's like if that's an issue of your world where you're going, I don't handle feedback, start getting used to it. It's like in whatever context it is, we've got to get better at those repairing conversations. Squabbles are inevitable, but what happens in those moments? That's the key to unlocking our future. 
That's the key to unlocking where we're going as a church. That's the key to unlocking what happens in our families. And so I've put down here at the end, release, rejoice, repair, repeat. So it's the fourth point, I know. Three points with a repeat. It's a freebie, throw it out there. And then I've actually written down another word, which is response, which is also an R. Just to keep the R's going. And so I do want to give you an opportunity today as the team come to respond. Because I know that, that families are interesting. I know that there's some people here because I know people here that have got family members who have left. They've had to release them from their family. They've had to release them from this family in the church. We've released people from this church over the years. Not always agreeing with where they've been released to. But as I said, there's no point just holding someone going, no, you need to stay. And so you might be sitting here this morning and that, that release deal might be just bugging you. you. Might be looking at something at the moment, someone at the moment, a scenario at home, at work, here at church. And the whole deal of releasing. You might be sitting here this morning. You know what? I'm not that great at celebrating. I like to keep things close to my chest. I like to just do things my own way. So that means I'll never celebrate it and that means I'll never celebrate anyone else. I'm believing this morning that God's going to unlock something in your spirit that allows you to celebrate, that allows you to rejoice with others and to repair. And I think every family has some form of tough conversation from time to time. But what we choose to do in those moments is key. And so if you do want to respond to this today, I'd love you to just stand where you are. I want to pray with you. Do you need a release? Is it maybe you've released somebody before, but it's it's tough. I've had conversations with people over the years that have left to be able to release them, to be able to believe the best for them when personally I believe that their best is right here. It's tough. So Father, I pray, God, for each person,
here in this auditorium, God, listening online. Father, as we come around this word, as we leave here and go home and just chew on this parable, Father, I pray that you'd speak to the hearts of your people. God, as you've spoken to me throughout this week, God, I pray believing, Father, that as we release others, God, that we ourselves would be released. God, the grip that it can have on us, Father, would be released in itself. God, I pray for a fresh spirit of celebration, of rejoicing in this house. God, those of us who are a little locked up, those of us who would rather just be sitting at home on the couch, having a party for one, God, I pray that there'd just be something on the inside of us that rises up. God, that we would be rejoicers. God, we'd be people that can get around each other, encourage, celebrate, lift up and not pull down. And God, I pray for us as we have our disagreements. God, I pray for everyone here this morning that's currently in the middle of a disagreement. Holy Spirit, that you'd guide us. God, that as we're reading through the book of Proverbs at the moment and gaining wisdom, God, I pray for wisdom in those circumstances. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. God, that your wisdom would guide us. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Just as we do come to a close this morning, I love this story. The son returned. The son came back into his father's house. So I don't know where everybody in this auditorium's at in their walk with the father, our father in heaven. But I want to ask you this morning, do you need to come back to him? Or do you need to come to him for the first time? And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, it's a moment between you and God. Where's your heart at? See, in this story that the son went off to live a wild life, you might not have been living a wild life, you might have just been living removed from the family, removed from the house of God. I'd love to pray a prayer with you. I'd love to rejoice with you this morning. If that's you, I'd love you to slip your hand up to say, Pastor John, that's me. I, I want to come back into my father's house today. I want to come into my father's house for the first time today. 
Is there anyone here this morning who says, that's me? Love you to just raise your hand so I can pray with you, rejoice with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you. God, for every person here today, God, as we continue to build toward launching Parkside, God, I just pray, Father, you continue to continue to encourage us, continue to build the relationships that are being built. God, the fellowship that's being had. Father, I pray, pray that you would bless each and every person here as they head off into their week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. Don't forget, 7.30 Wednesday night, equip our all-in leaders night is happening right here. So we'd love to see you. Go shout someone a coffee. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy the sunshine while it's around. Amen.